Are we there yet? I'm sure as a child, you probably asked that question way too many times on a family trip. Actually, we've all had that moment of anticipation when we're looking forward to something that's exciting, something that is exhilarating. And to be honest, sometimes that wait can be a little irritating, not only to us, but to others that we're asking. Well, there's a moment that we've all been waiting for as Christians. And it's the moment when the tension between the now and the not yet will be resolved. When Christ returns and we are perfected because we'll see him as he is. And everything that has been prophesied, all the good that is to come to the earth through the advent of God's kingdom will be fulfilled as Christ is all in all. It's going to be a moment that will not disappoint. Let's talk about it today. Thank you, friend, for joining us at Arlington United. So in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called. Everybody say called. Called. Everybody in here is called. You're called to be a son or a daughter of God. People talk about a called preacher, a called singer. There's no higher calling than to be a child of God. And I'm speaking to called people today. Therefore, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know Him. Don't be disturbed if not everybody understands you. If you're a Christian and everybody understands you in this world, you've got some growth to do in your discipling. But if people don't understand you, that's a really good sign that you're progressing in your adoption because you're becoming more like your father and less like their father. Okay? Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Everybody say now. now. But it doesn't yet appear. Everybody say not yet. not yet. What we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. God, we're waiting right now in this room. And we're waiting on You to appear. Because when You show up, everything changes. When You show up, Demons tremble. Sickness flees. Flaws melt away. Bitterness and brokenness turn into blessedness when You appear. So God, we're asking You to appear this very day. And we also anticipate the moment, Lord, when You will appear in Your fullness and the brightness of Your glory. And in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed from glory to glory. And this mortality is going to put on immortality. And Lord, we are going to ever be with you. We claim that day in the name of Jesus. The church said amen. amen. Anticipation. Anticipation. Anybody know what that word means? Anticipation. You felt it. I'm sure you did as a small child. Something that you looked forward to eagerly. Anybody when you were young, you know when you wore the footed pajamas, did you ever try to sneak and find the closet where your parents were keeping presents. Anybody ever do that? Amen. Maybe your parents didn't keep them under the closet. Maybe they kept them under the tree. If you have one of those households, we did. Did you ever take the box out and try to shake it? And try to guess? Um, birthday party. Seemed like the day after your birthday party is over, you're way up here and then all, all the 
cake and all the punch and everything, and all your friends are over, and you've got to wait 363 more days. Leap years, 364, till it's your birthday again. All the worse if you've got brothers and sisters and have to watch them get all the attention while you're waiting on your birthday. Anticipation, waiting for that day. Anybody ever got to go on vacation? Got the car all loaded up? But there's one bird that's got to go back in because she forgot something. Or he forgot something. My wife, God bless her so much, we'll get everything ready. We'll get everything ready. And it's all packed. It's all loaded. She'll put that seatbelt on and I know what that click means. Click! And it's just one little sound. But Scott, what it means is, so help me if you go back and check that door one more time. If you go back and check that stove again, William Clay Jackson. Because she's been anticipating getting out of the driveway. And as soon as that black armada goes into reverse and we start backing out and that camera shows a mailbox passing by, some of the cares and some of the trials and some of that, you know, we put a little bit on the back burner and we start putting on the front burner rest and relaxation. Anticipation of that day. Anybody ever anticipated anything? Looking forward to something? Um, this time of year is a time of year I love. i got to be honest with you. I love it when September comes. I told you last week, Labor Day is one of my favorite holidays for many reasons. One of them is I don't like 98 degree weather with 98% humidity. And those of you that are really good disciples, you're paying attention to the sermon, say, my Lord, why don't you move to Memphis? Because that's three months out of our year. And yet, when it turns September, I anticipate a couple of things. Football season. That lasts 10 days until Tennessee loses its first game. Thank you, volunteers. Now my, my attention has been turned back fully toward the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of earth is full of weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth on Rocky Top. But I, I was thinking about Brother Mark and Brother Willie. They, they enjoy Tiger football. They're still way up here right now. They're, they're 2-0. and oh. And uh, they anticipate that Tiger football season. Chris Fall Air. Willie, did you enjoy that game last Saturday? Get out there and cheer with all those people and watch them run up down the field. Honest truth. The Tigers have never lost a game that Brother Willie's gone to. They ought to put him on salary. It's a true story. Every game that he goes to with Brother Mark, they win. They could be national champions if they just have Willie go every time. But they anticipate walking into the stadium, getting all the stuff together, tailgating. People will show up hours ahead of time just waiting on that kickoff. There used to be an announcer that would, right when they would boot that ball, he would say, wherever you're listening, it's football time in Tennessee, and everybody would cheer and all that because of the anticipation. Now, Preston and I and Harrison and I, we share some other type of outdoor activities that we enjoy, and we like to fish. And there's something about when you get the boat dragged out and get everything together and you, you know, locate all the things you've forgotten. One fishing pole, Preston. One trip we went on, I forgot my fishing pole. We had to drive all the way back to my house to get my fishing pole. And he didn't even say any bad words out loud, out loud. And, and, and we were anticipating that trip, but when we finally got there, got the boat in the water, and I had my pole, dumb, dumb preacher man, forgot my pole, got there, and you take that rod back, and you just, boom, in that moment, right before that lure hits the water for the first time, the lake is perfectly still, no worries on your mind, sandwich in the bucket, anticipation. For the first time, it's going to get there. And of course, the biggest bass is going to jump up right then because you're anticipating that time. Anybody ever anticipated something good? Some of you are anticipating the end of this 
sermon today. You're thinking about the food you're going to eat. It's thrilling. It's exhilarating. It's even irritating to wait when you know it's so good. I, I, I laughed at a... There's a guy that pastors in um, the eastern part of our state, Paul Stringer. And when I was a teenager, he was getting married to a wonderful young lady named Teresa. And he had a calendar up and he had a red marker. And every day, you can know what he... He was, had a red X. Because he was thinking about how good it was going to be married to Teresa. Now, they're still married. The story ends well, okay? But he was Xing off those days, red Xs, and it was irritating the wait because he knew it was going to be good. I didn't come to speak today just about fishing or football. I came to speak about the anticipation that is riddled throughout the New Testament. There is just that kind of anticipation for the moment that we've all been waiting for. And I'm here to tell you today that whatever you have anticipated in your earthly life, no matter how good it was, and no matter how much you anticipated it, it is nothing compared to this anticipation of this moment that we're all been waiting for. Because although football season comes around every fall and hunting and fishing season comes, or that shopping trip, or that vacation, or that birthday party, or seeing your grandchildren, happy grandparents day, uh, it, just seeing everybody that you love, the Christmas, the Thanksgiving, the sweet potato casserole, no matter whether it disappointed or whether it came through, I'm telling you that when Jesus Christ appears, no one is going to be disappointed that was looking for His appearing. No one's going to be let down from the anticipation that they had for Him because when Jesus shows up, it's going to be all good, as they say in the 901. There's something exciting beyond imagination that has already started. You see, the great thing about birthday parties is they start hanging streamers day before. The great thing about, about football season is they do two-a-day practices before they ever kick off. The, one of the great things about being a fisherman is you can walk in Bass Pro and just pick up gear and fantasize about what it would be like one day. The anticipation already begins before the event happens. And Jesus Christ is so excited about the marriage supper of the Lamb like when He gets to take His wife as His bride. And the, the bride of Christ, the church, finally goes home. That as it were in heaven, I think it, it's almost as if, forgive the analogy here, as if He's got a calendar and He's got red X's and He's a little just anticipating, waiting for that day when you and I will be presented flawless, as we said from the book of Jude, verse 24, presented flawless before Him and we will stand there without blemish and without spot and we will be His bride. But that anticipation has already started. God's already started to change. The party's already in preparation. John 14 says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be stressed. Don't be worried. You're going to have tribulation in this world. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Some things are going to happen. They're not going to understand you. You're going to go through some things. There are going to be some trials. There are going to be some times. There are going to be some low spots in the road. There are going to be some crooked places on this golden highway to heaven. But don't get your heart worried about that, Willie, because he said, I'm going away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then I'm going to come again that where I am, you can be also. I've got good news for the church today. The party's already started in preparation. There's anticipation of a moment that we've all been waiting for in 2,000 years. He's been working on your home and my home. And what a day, what a glorious day it's going to be when that moment of anticipation is there and He comes home. It's already started. It began in a garden where a tomb 
became a portal to life. She said, are you the gardener? Where have they taken him? Just tell me where they took his body. Sheila, she was a good woman and she wanted to take care of her obligation to her friend. Just tell me where they took him. I don't care if you robbed him. I won't tell on you. I won't care if you're a grave robber. You can have the spices. You can have the ointment. Just let me minister to him in some way one last time. Just tell me. Just tell me where they took him. But he said one word. He called her Mary. And immediately she fell down at his feet because the moment of anticipation was over and the moment of the climax was there because she was in the presence of the risen Lord. I'm telling you, one day you're going to lift your eyes to heaven and the anticipation's going to be over and you and I are going to be in the presence of the living, the living Lord. Just as a garden had undone the damage of the first Adam and led to death, so it was in a garden that our last Adam, our Savior Jesus, has ripped open the space-time continuum and He has conquered death forever. Don't weep today for Sandy, Willie. Don't weep today, Chris, for Brenda, because death has died. Death has been conquered through the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We can stand as Christians with confidence and say we're anticipating a day when everyone who has died in Christ will be raised in glory. A whole new way of being human has been inaugurated. I am looking at hybrids today. I'm looking, as it were, at spiritual people who are of a different species because you look human on the outside, but there is an incarnation of Christianity on the inside of you. Don't misunderstand me. It's not the one incarnation of God in Christ, but it is the power of the Holy Spirit that has come to dwell in us. And let me tell you, it changes you from the inside out when Jesus gets inside of you. The party is about to start, but the party is being prepared. It's already begun. It's not all. Jesus didn't just rip open a wrinkle in space-time and create a new way of being human for Himself. But after He kicked down the door of death, hell, and the grave, and He motioned behind Him and He said, come on. Y'all come with me because I'm making a portal for every person to walk through. He told His disciples, those that had denied Him, those that had cursed His name, those that had abandoned Him, those that were afraid, He said, receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be My witnesses here, there, and everywhere. Greater works than these shall you do because I'm going to My Father. Something wonderful is afoot. Something crazy has started. Jay, it's the Jubilee, and we are the Jubilee people. We sang about it today. Every 50 years, every debt was canceled. Every land went back to where it belonged, and everybody started fresh. Can we just say today that in Christ, it is Jubilee in this house. I don't know how they'll judge you when you walk out that door, but I know the mercy that flows when you walk in this door. I don't know how they'll look at you when you walk out there in that world, but I know how we see you when you come into this world because we see you resurrected in Christ, a new creation, part of the new reality that God is building in Christ. As we're remade into His image, so the world is remade according to the original mandate that was given to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. As they surveyed that world newly created, that mandate was there. Take the order. Take the blessing. 
Take the power, take the peace of God and spread it all over this planet. That's what God intended for them to do. It was destroyed, and But God doesn't stop when man's sin gets in his way. He looked at little Noah. Six months on a boat with a stinky elephant. My God, those people were so tired of being cramped in. Can you imagine? Six months, and you may be a great couple, but six months on a boat together? They say you ought to take a fishing trip before you ever get married. What a fishing trip. Six months. He's looking at that little family, Noah and his wife, and Ham, Sham, and Japheth and their wives. He says, I want you to do what Adam and Eve failed to do. I want you to take my power. I want you to take my peace. I want you to take my glory. I want you to take my mercy. And I want you to replenish the earth. And what did they do? It ain't a chapter to Noah's drunk. They messed it up. But you know what Jesus said to His disciples? I want you to take my power. I want you to take my peace. I want you to take my passion. I want you to take my mercy. I want you to take my spirit. And I want you to cover the earth with my glory. We are part of something great. Don't misjudge it today. Jim's sitting back there. He looks like a mere mortal to you. But there's something going on inside of that man that is greater than all the ages. Because Jesus Christ has come to live in that man. He's a great painter. He's a great HVAC guy. But he's more than that. He's a new creation in Christ. There's a rumor going around the sculpture shop that one day all of us are going to come to life. Jesus is inside of His church. Don't judge anybody sitting next to you by what you see sitting next to you. Because one day, we're going to be seated in power and authority and glory at the right hand of God's Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Forgive me, I just get excited. The process is ongoing. That covenant is still being renewed. Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He said, he just drops in a casual parenthesis as he's talking about salvation and grace. He just casually drops this, and it's an atom bomb. He said, you want to talk about dropping a microphone? Listen to Brother Paul. He said, you are predestined of God to do the works that He has foreordained for you. Rebecca, it's no accident when your spirit begins to affect this world. Mary, it's no accident when your worship and praise changes an atmosphere because you were predestined and foreordained to lift your hands and worship God. You were foreordained to send that text that helped somebody along their day when they were contemplating doing something unmentionable. You were foreordained to pray the prayer of intercession that would pull somebody through. But you were foreordained to make that meal that mattered to somebody. You were foreordained to make that invitation to have Jesus in some somebody's life because God has created us for good works. Oh, my Lord, my Lord. Oh, you're getting excited. No, no, no. I'm toning it down. I feel like running around this building today because God is in His people and He is doing His work. You realize? Now, I, okay, I'll take you back a few years to when I was in the fifth grade. And I was a latchkey kid. I would come home. I didn't have any friends. I just had a dog. And I, I had a baseball bat, but I didn't have a baseball. We were we never hungry, okay? I was telling you I didn't have a baseball. But I had pine cones. And in my mind, it was a World Series. 
And I would throw those pine cones up in the air. Harrison, you've never seen a prettier swing. Man, I would put it on it. Left field, 330 feet, Dodger Stadium. And the crowd went wild. I did it myself. You know, those are my sound effects. It was before iPads. Just go with me. Anticipating the adulation of being famous and being athletically filled with prowess and having all those people have their eyes on me. Sheila, I'm going to break it to you. That's never going to happen. I am never going to be an all-star in the major leagues. It's never going to happen. My time has come. My time has gone. And God did not call. It ain't going to happen. But can you imagine today that Romans chapter 8 says, not just a stadium full of people. Not just a group over here, a group over there. Not just 17 people putting a like on your Facebook post that you stole from somebody else. Not just some uh, 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 an award at work. You work for 40 years. They give you uh, uh, now a stainless steel watch and, and, and something. And not just that kind of recognition. Paul said it this way. The whole world, all the creation is waiting in eager anticipation. And they are groaning to see the revelation of the power of the sons and the daughters of God. Somebody's waiting on you today. Somebody needs you today. Somebody's waiting for you to start the party in their life it's like throwing a match in a room full of firecrackers it's explosive when we recognize what God is doing in us it is not just about saving you because Laura feels just about saving you I mean, you may be awful when you leave this place but you look pretty sweet I think you got it together if it were just saving you why not just beam you up right out of here and be done with it. But no, it's about us impacting the entire planet with the glory of the kingdom of God. The party is in preparation and we're all waiting on that moment. John in our text picks up the theme of the now and the not yet. He says, now we're the sons. We've got the DNA. Now we're the daughters, but we got to let it out. It doesn't quite yet appear what all we're going to be. Lewis said, you've never met a mere mortal. Everybody you meet is either so glorious you can't imagine it or so awful you can't imagine it. We're all turning into something that will share the glory of God or will blaspheme the glory of God. But I believe I'm among a people today that have decided that you want that spiritual DNA to come out of you and you want to appear to be the what you are and that is the church of the living God. It's not always going to be like this with this tension between the now and the not yet. John gives us a hint of what that's going to be like and he unpacks it later in his revelation of Jesus. We're like children in the backseat of the minivan. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Hey, Daddy, how much longer? How many more miles, Dad, till we get there? You ever done that? Yes. You ever reached behind you? Same answer as it was three exits ago. We'll get there when we get there. Some of us are like that. Daddy, Daddy, are we there yet? How come I'm still struggling with anger, Daddy? How come it's hard for me to forgive, Abba Father? How come I'm still struggling with temptation? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And that voice comes from heaven. It says, we'll get there. You're going to be flawless. I'm going to present you. When I appear, it's going to be okay. But if it's not the end, it's, if it's not okay, it's not the end. I'm going to get you to where you need to be. History is barreling toward a climax. Paul paints a picture of that moment. Thessalonians, the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. 
with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. My granddaddy sold peanut brittle for $2 a bag to keep the church doors open when he used to make $1,000 a month in the 60s as a salesman. And he set that job aside to pastor a little church that couldn't afford him. And on diabetic flat feet, he went all over town with his little peanut brittle bags and he took this Bible and he built a church. He's in the ground as cold as he can be right now. His body is. But I'm telling you on one day, I'm going to see him again because the dead in Christ are going to rise. The party is in preparation. His mansion is being prepared. And I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss that day because I am waiting for that moment. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We're not just going to hang around in the clouds with hearts. But the Bible says that God is coming down with the new Jerusalem to do business on this earth. He's going to establish a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to be part of that project. Jesus said, you've been faithful over a few things to the servant in the parable. He said, I'm going to make you ruler over many. John said to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Now hear me now. Hear me, Christian. He didn't just save you for personal piety. He saved you for kingdom business. He washed you in His own blood, but listen to the B part of the Scripture. He has made us kings and priests to God His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Salvation is about dominion. Salvation is about the kingdom. Salvation is about the party that is in preparation. And in that moment, Willie, that moment, you're going to rule more than that little house over there that you live in. It's not just going to be that little dog that's going to be dependent on you. In that moment, we'll be amazed at what God puts you in charge of because He's got a little corner of the new earth and the new Jerusalem that's going to be Willie's sanctuary. So y'all better watch out. You better treat Willie nice because he's a king and he's a priest and he's going to rule and reign with our God one day. And everybody sitting here has that opportunity because this is the moment that we've been waiting for. Stand with me. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God watch it watch it in all the kingdom business in all the great dominion in all the great glory he still doesn't forget you Candace and he doesn't forget me God himself yes, sir. he's not sending Gabriel he ain't sending Michael God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There's going to be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. There's not going to be any more pain. That pain and fatigue that sent Kelly home today that we prayed that God would touch. I'm telling you on that day, Kelly's not going to have a single pain in his body because it's not going to be there when the moment comes that we've all been waiting for. The former things are passed away. He that sat on the throne said, Behold, now, Paul prophesied in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He said, All things are made new in Christ. We are a new creation. But Jay, that prophecy comes to pass when our king takes his throne. And he says, Right now, 
I'm making everything new. Been dealing with some old problems. It's going to be made new. Dealing with some old situations. Getting tired of some things. There's a moment that we're all waiting on. When that moment comes, Sheila, time shall be no more. And everything is going to be as fresh as a baby's skin. It's going to be new as a spring morning. It's going to look like the water that's still before that first cast arcs out over it. And the anticipation is going to be over because everything is going to be refreshed and renewed in Christ. The new Jerusalem. My hope is not in Washington today. All due respect to our leaders, I'm not looking for answers to come from D.C. I'm not looking for answers to come to Nashville. I'm not looking for answers to come to Main Street. I'm looking for New Jerusalem. Who's with me today? Who's with me? Who's ready? Who's waiting on that moment? It's a moment we've all been waiting for. We've all been waiting for. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. So if I've hurt you, forgive me. If I've ever neglected you, if I've taken advantage of you, forgive me. If I've ever not represented Christ in the right way, forgive me. If I've ever failed, Lord, forgive me. Because I want to be pure. Because I want to be part of the party. I want to be ready for the marriage supper. I want to have that white robe on in. I want to be ready to walk those streets of gold. I want to be ready to rule in the rain. But before you get that high, you got to get this low. And you got to be meek and lowly like he was. Because there's a moment we've all been waiting for. song says it's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus life's trials will seem so small one glimpse all sorrows erase bravely bravely these altars are open if you want to be part of the party he's waiting on you if you want to pray at your seat you want to kneel you want to stand however you want to respond but the word of God has gone forth today the spirit of God has stirred us today because there's a party that's going to go on in heaven he wants you to be part of it. There's a moment we've all been waiting for. And every single person has an invitation. Every single person's allowed at this party if you'll accept what God has done for you in Christ. If you will join Him in His covenant. He desires for you to receive that today. The name of Jesus. Let's respond to our, His Spirit today. Let's respond in our hearts to His Spirit in the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Aren't we there yet? I'm sure as a child, you probably asked that question way too many times on a family trip. Actually, we've all had that moment of anticipation when we're looking forward to something that's exciting, something that is exhilarating. And to be honest, sometimes that weight can be a little irritating, not only to us, but to others that we're asking. Well, there's a moment that we've all been waiting for as Christians. And it's the moment when the tension between the now and the not yet will be resolved. When Christ returns and we are perfected because we'll see him as he is. And everything that has been prophesied, all the good that is to come to the earth, 
through the advent of God's kingdom will be fulfilled as Christ is all in all. It's going to be a moment that will not disappoint. Let's talk about it today. Thank you, friend, for joining us at Arlington United.